Look, the Vegas Golden Knights know how to put on a show. And not only on the ice, as we've witnessed throughout the playoffs, if you've been watching the Vegas Golden Knights while they're at home at T-Mobile Arena, they put on quite a show prior to the game. A theatrical show. (laughs) And I know, a lot of people have mixed reactions about it. But look, I think it's cool, and you know, good for Vegas, because it's original. You really don't see other teams doing this, I don't think at all in professional sports. As you know, I don't really watch the NBA, so I don't know if they do it there. But, I mean, it's pretty impressive. And you got to wonder if other teams are now going to start doing this come playoff time or on special occasions prior to the game with a whole show because now it's all about the experience. Not just at hockey games, at a lot of sporting events. And you know what it is? It's a a good thing for sports because you're getting those people out to the games that normally wouldn't go and then they realize once they're at the game like wow this is really cool with all the excitement and the atmosphere and all the great food that we have now that's available so just roll with it people it's really some people enjoy it some people don't i mean it's it's something else but if you noticed outside there t-mobile arena yesterday the host of game one for the stanley cup final Less than a year ago, the Vegas Golden Knights weren't even a team. I mean, that place is packed. More packed than I can remember. I mean, they were comparing it to Nashville. And other than that, there really is no other comparison uh, to having an arena that packed before a Stanley Cup final game. And, I mean, it's so early in the process for these guys. I mean, we all know the story. We don't have to get into it, but... You've got, I mean, you really do. You've got to give those fans credit. It's, it's unbelievable. Everyone's in black. You know, they all have some gold, a hint of gold in there, too. It's, it's impressive. And those guys are so loud that if you're sitting there and you're watching the NHL Network or NBC, those guys are shouting on the television set and are just, like, admitting, like, we can't hear our producers in the studio. They were losing their voice, you know, 10 minutes into the show. And, and oh, by the way, I didn't lose my voice at all yesterday watching the game and I'm an unrestricted free agent, low risk, high reward, potentially. The contract is right. But hey, entertaining game, uh, right off the face-off, even after all the shenanigans in the pregame. Vegas, you know, came out with what you would expect on home ice. You know, they had the best home ice record heading into the final and throughout the playoffs for a reason. Uh, They bring a lot of energy and emotion and especially during those first five minutes, I'm telling you, the first five minutes, it's all about emotion and it's a feeling out process when you're playing a new team like that. Familiarity. And Vegas brought the heat early on. You could tell. I mean, it was just a matter of time before they were going to score. And they eventually did on the power play. Their only power play of the night, by the way, which is going to be key if Washington wants to get back in the series and win the Stanley Cup. They're going to have to stay out of the box. And they did yesterday, but it just so happened to be the first in the first period where they got the penalty and Vegas scores. It was Colin Miller who earned his second career Stanley Cup playoff goal, both coming this postseason. But hey, four goals scored in the first period. And, you know, look, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I thought, you know, at times in the playoffs, the Capitals, they kind of sit back and they don't play as physical and they don't play as aggressive. And that's in both in both the offensive zone and the defensive zone. And I think Washington, as the game went on, they got more involved in plays. They got more aggressive. They got more physical. Got a little more chippy. 
showed us that they had a pulse that, hey, look, we're, we know we're in Vegas, but it doesn't matter. We're going to do the same thing that we did in Tampa, which is we're not just here to take one, we're here to take two, which is the attitude you need to have. But it was a little, you know, it got going eventually. I like how they were cycling the puck at one point later on in the first period, led to a couple goals. And, you know, just another thing to point out here, I, I believe it was William Carlson of Vegas and then Backstrom of Washington had two very interesting goals. I mean, it seems like all the goals are coming right in front of the net. And it wasn't like they were necessarily like wide open or anything. It was just a matter of timing. And I can remember Washington works the puck down low. They're moving bodies and they're just funneling towards the net, which you have to do nowadays. You just got to funnel, keep funneling towards the net. TJ Oshie has his wraparound and it just so happens that the puck kicks out and it, it just appears that Nicholas Backstrom is wide open and he puts home a backhander past Marc-Andre Fleury. Maybe they found something there. They put on, they found, they put home four goals past Fleury. It's only the fourth time that's happened this postseason. The other three times it happened, the Vegas lost. But you would think, you know, you're watching the game, you're like, well, where's the defensive coverage? It's really not so much of the defensive coverage. It's the fact that Nicholas Backstrom had the presence of mind to keep his feet moving, to funnel towards the net, and to almost time it right. He probably wasn't skating full speed, even though he's keeping his feet moving. That natural ability to, to have that knack to put the puck in the back of the net the way he did, to find the puck and then to be able to score that way. I mean, they almost, they make it look easy, but, you know, the reality is it really probably wasn't that easy. And then similar to, to William Carlson, I think it was their second goal. I mean, the boards are so lively, by the way, in Vegas, right? I mean, holy cow, how many pucks do we see just miss the net and then bounce directly out for a scoring chance almost? I mean, it was a similar play with the Carlson goal, as I'm, I'm getting off topic here. It was, you know, Vegas has a flurry of offense. They're getting Holpe moving side to side, and there was a point in time where Carlson's behind the net. The play shifts away from him, but he kind of stays behind the net. Almost like he, you know, he's hiding something again. He like Baxter, he has that presence presence of mind. Doesn't immediately go to the open area of the ice and just make it known, hey, look, guys, I'm wide open back door. He kind of slowly drifts his feet over, then appears back door as he knows the puck is there's a good chance it's gonna pop over in that open air of the ice from behind the net, puts it home, hope he can't slide over to his glove glove side fast enough. So just interesting because I mean you wouldn't expect this Braden Holpe, Marc-Andre Fleury headline series to have nine goals yesterday. The score was six to four, but combined goalies led it, the both goalies led nine goals. And the goals that were scored, I mean, a lot just right in front of the net and a lot of a lot of havoc and, you know, stuff that you can't necessarily teach. And I just thought it was interesting because sometimes these guys, they make it look so easy. You're like, well, how the heck did he get the puck on his stick that open in front of the net? And it's just, uh, you know, the timing is everything. You don't always have to rush to get to that open area of the ice. Sometimes you just kind of wait, wait, wait for it, boom, then show up. But it was, you know, it was an impressive game. You saw a little bit of everything right off the bat, as I was saying. We saw quality scoring chances. You had some big saves. It got more physical as it went on. Two goals each in the first period. Nine goals, as I mentioned, past Holpe and Flurry. Had some grudge matches. I mean, these guys, they wasted no time getting to it. Look, we don't know each other that well. There's no rivalry here necessarily. There's some familiarity with the front office and some players, but not, not necessarily the players themselves. And they were getting in each other's faces. 
Tom Wilson hitting Marcia so. Is that a penalty? I mean, yeah, you could argue it. I mean, most people would probably think it is, but, you know, as the playoffs go on, it just gets chippier, it gets more aggressive, and these guys can get away with more because of what's on the line. And there's just so much of it going on, it's, you know, it is. It's hard to contain and be consistent for the referees for their sake too. And then you had the Ryan Reeves goal, which is incredible. This guy has goals in back-to-back games. He never scored a playoff goal in his life. Who knows if he will again, but at this rate, he's it's looking pretty good for Reeves. He cross-checks, if you will say, John Carlson of the Washington Capitals in front of the Capitals' net. Carlson's back was turned for majority of the time. It's not like Carlson was, was turning around. It just so happened, you know, it was the wrong time where Reeves hit him. Reeves clearly cross-checked him. I, you know, someone had asked me, like, do you think that's a penalty? Should it have been a goal? I don't know if you have to call that one because you would think nowadays that that's just like, oh, obvious penalty. It's a cross check. I mean, the way Reeves, his motion and how elaborate he was with it, it, I think it looked worse than what it was. I mean, it's one of those things where like you, you know, we can watch it over and over again on TV and I just think it looks worse on TV. I mean, you you know, believe it or not, guys used to make a living, guys like Eric Lindros, of being a little more sneakier with a little cross, you know, not necessarily a cross check, but borderline, nice push in the back, similar motion to separate themselves, to, to create time and space to to be open or to, to find those loose rebounds to score. So, I mean, this isn't the, I mean, this happens probably more, it's happened more often than you realize it. I can't even, like, put the words together I just think Reeves is a character right I mean you see this guy on the bench anyway he's singing the songs Heidi 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 ho. I mean yeah like he's a character he's got a lot of personality I'm not hating on the guy but that goes along with his play too everything he does gets magnified and is kind of overdramatic I guess you could say kind of like the beginning of these <laughs> these Stanley Cup playoff games for the Vegas Golden Knights all these pregame festivities so I think it was the team who won last night deserved to win game one. If my opinion counts for anything, I did pick the Washington Capitals to win this series in seven games. Potentially, Marc-Andre Fleury wins the Conn Smythe Trophy for the first time since 2003. That would mark that the losing team had a recipient of the Conn Smythe. It was J.S. Jaguar against the New Jersey Devils. Very similar numbers numbers between those two as well. So as crazy as it sounds, I mean, Fleury's putting up historic numbers like Jaguar was in that run too. Jaguar also had his struggles in the cup finals, allowing four-plus goals, so I don't think it's that far-fetched, but I know you're probably not going to agree with me, which is fine. That's okay. That's the point of this podcast. But either way, I think this was a good learning lesson for Washington. I think they played a decent road game. I think you should be satisfied with the fact that you score four goals past a guy who had only let up four goals three times in the Stanley Cup playoffs, which came on all three losses for Vegas on the road in that building, and it wasn't from the stick of Alex Ovechkin or Evgeny Kuznetsov. I think that's a good sign. You got you to gotta take that as a moral victory if you're Washington and take that into game two. You win game two, you go back home, and boom. Most important games in a series, what, game one, game three, game seven? Especially that game three. If you're Washington, if you can find a way to win, which I think they will, I think Washington's going to bounce back with a statement victory. They're going to have to change some things. I still think they should go to a more aggressive approach. I know when they 
at times when they played less aggressive and were maybe less physical, it, it panned out for them like maybe it did in Game 7 against Tampa, but I think that's something you only do when you need to on occasion. Other than that, you got to stick to your, your strengths, take a, little, a few more chances. you got to make those big hits and get amped. I'm not saying what Tom Wilson did last night was right against Jonathan Marcheseau, but show me something, Washington, like you did in Game 6 against Tampa. I mean, that was, that was a series changer. It was just Washington being more physical. And, of course, they executed finally once, once they got opportunities, but I just don't think that's going to be the same issue this time around against Vegas. I think you've got to be more physical with this team. I think Holtby played well. I mean, he did. He made some big saves. Yeah, he let up five. But, you know, as we are talking about that Carlson goal, look, all the credit in the world to Carlson. That's stuff you can't teach. That's great hockey sense. But, you know, another thing to, to keep in mind, I think, for, for both teams' sake is, and for Washington, if they're going to score the way they did last night and, you know, have a couple of leads in, in, in these games, yeah, it's one thing for me to sit here and say, well, you can't blow, you know, one or two leads in a game. No, it's, you can't let go of the lead 30 seconds or a minute or two after you gain a lead. I mean, there's a huge difference there, I think, in the momentum swings when, you have a lead, whether it's one goal or two, or you're going back and forth. But to you know, to to score and have these big timely goals, and from players like John Carlson and you know playmakers like T.J. Oshie, who stepped up last night with two assists, Nicholas Backstrom, who's showed up after having a, a hand injury and missed most of that Tampa series. That's big, and you need to hold on. They capitalize. You just need to hold on to that and do a better job of holding on to it because it doesn't matter what anyone tells you whether they, they blew the lead 10 minutes after they scored or, or 30 seconds, I'm telling you that the faster the winds come out of the sails there, you feel it on the bench. Start gripping your stick a little tighter. You know, your, deci- your decision-making isn't as clear anymore, and especially on the road. That's tough. It's a loud Vegas crowd there and a confident team. It's just straight confidence from Vegas. It's amazing. It really is. So tomorrow night is game three. Back in Vegas, you know, some other keys. Washington was outshot. They lost draws in the faceoff circle, which is another key aspect for Washington. You got to. Vegas struggled in the faceoff circle throughout the playoffs. That was something that was not brought up. They were under 50%. Washington was too, but they still had the higher percentage. I think faceoffs are going to be crucial in this for Washington, especially in the defensive zone. That's something to keep an eye on. And the hits. I, I, I think Washington out hit Vegas last night, but I, I want to see. You want to see bigger hits and ones that are going to help swing that momentum because you don't want to go down 2 nothing to Vegas right now and be that team that loses to the Vegas Golden Knights. You don't want to be in the history books for the wrong reasons. Alex Ovechkin, Braden Holpe. Thanks for tuning in. We can always connect over Twitter, at McKenna TLT5. Use the hashtag McKenna's Digest. Ask me an NHL-related question. Be happy to answer it in an article over Hooked on Hockey Magazine or over this podcast with Elite Sports New York. I'm Kyle McKenna. See you at the rink.